was achieved by buying her clothes at giveaway end-of-the-season sales. Never married, she had retired as an executive and board member of Altman's years ago. He had met her older cousin Catherine only a few times, and by then she was already a legend, the nun who had started seven hospitals for handicapped children, research hospitals dedicated to finding ways to cure or alleviate the suffering of their damaged bodies or minds. Do you know that many people are calling the healing of the child with brain cancer a miracle and attributing it to Catherine's intercession? Olivia asked. She's being considered a candidate for beatification. Clay Hadley felt his mouth go dry. No, I hadn't heard. Not a Catholic, he vaguely understood that that would mean the Church might eventually declare Sister Catherine a saint and worthy of veneration by the faithful. Of course that will mean that the subject of her having given birth will be explored, and those vicious rumors will resurface and almost certainly finish her chance of being found worthy, Olivia added, her tone angry. Olivia, there was a reason neither Sister Catherine nor your mother ever named the father of her child. Catherine didn't, but my mother did. Olivia leaned her hands on the arms of the chair, a signal to Clay that she was about to stand up. He rose and walked around his desk, with quick steps for such a bulky man. He knew that some of his patients referred to him as Chunky Clay the cardiologist, His voice humorous, his eyes twinkling, he counseled all of them. Forget about me and make sure you lose the weight. I look at the picture of an ice cream cone and put on five pounds. It's my cross to bear. It was a performance he had perfected. Now he took Olivia's hands in his and kissed her gently. Involuntarily, she drew back from the sensation of his short, graying beard grazing her cheek then to cover her reaction, return the kiss. Clay, my own situation remains between us. I will tell the few remaining people who care very soon. She paused, then her tone ironic, she added, In fact, I'd obviously better tell them very soon. Perhaps, fortunately, I don't have a single family member left. Then she stopped realizing that what she had just said wasn't true. On her deathbed, her mother had told her that after Catherine realized she was pregnant, she had spent a year in Ireland where she had given birth to a son. He had been adopted by the Farrells, an American couple from Boston, who were selected by the mother superior of the religious order Catherine entered. They had named him Edward, and he had grown up in Boston. I've followed their lives ever since, Olivia thought. Edward didn't marry until he was forty-two. His wife has been dead a long time, and he passed away about five years ago. Their daughter, Monica, is thirty-one now, a pediatrician on the staff of Greenwich Village Hospital. Catherine was my first cousin. Her granddaughter is my cousin. She is my only family, and she doesn't know I exist." Now as she withdrew her hands from Clay's grasp, she said, Monica has turned out to be so like her grandmother, devoting her life to taking care of babies and little children. Do you realize what all that money would mean to her? Olivia, don't you believe in redemption? Look at what the father of her child did with the rest of his life, 
Think of the lives he saved. And what about his brother's family? They're prominent philanthropists. Think what such disclosure will mean to them. I am thinking about it, and that's what I have to weigh. Monica Farrell is the rightful heir to the income from those patents. Alexander Gannon was her grandfather, and in his will he left everything he had to his issue if any existed, and only then to his brother. I'll call you, Clay. Dr. Clay Hadley waited until the door of his private office closed, then picked up the phone and dialed a number that was known to very few people. When a familiar voice answered, he did not waste time in preliminaries. It's exactly what I was afraid of. I know Olivia. She's going to talk. We can't let that happen, the person on the other end of the line said matter-of-factly.